Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Field to the film room to the war room. We've got you covered every step of the way as the road to the draft starts right now on BGN Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the BGN Draft Show. I am your host, Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at Shane Half NFL. I'm joined today by my co host and fellow draft enthusiast, Dives. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mr. Crockpot. Be sure to check out his podcast, Party on Broad. Dives, how are you doing today? Doing well, guys. What a week one to talk about here tonight. Uh, Clemson and Duke is going on right now. So if a fellow, uh, you know, Clemson linebacker drops the axe uh, during our stream tonight and you see, you know, a single tear going down my face, that is why, man. Happy, happy college football, man. This is uh, a lot to talk about. All right. I'm also joined by my co-host on Chalk Talk. It's Mark Henry Jr. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. Be sure to check out his Tough Cover radio show every Saturday. Mark, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Yeah, college football is back. Like Dive said, we have it going on right now. Uh, had a really fun game that we're going to talk a little bit about uh, when I get to my my player of the week for next week. But yeah, it, it's it's great to be back. Even if week one was a little lackluster in terms of like big tier games and big with uh big name schools in terms of who they were playing but week two it's a loaded slate all right so before we get into it we'll look back at our uh player of the game or player of the week predictions from last week so uh dives had lsu wide receiver mike neighbors who ended the week with six receptions for 67 yards malik right what my bads are correct you there malik neighbors right (laughs) oh malik yeah i Typoed that. Whatever. Uh, yes. Uh, and then I had UNC quarterback Drake May, who was 24 of 32 for 269 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He had an 87 QBR and 25 yards on four carries. And then Mark had South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler, who was 30 of 39 for 353 yards. He had a 44 QBR, 13 carries for negative 22 yards, which Nine of those carries were sacks because college football does the dumb thing where sacks count as rushing attempts. So uh, we talk about it off air and uh, I'm the winner this week. Drake May takes first place. Neighbors takes second and Mark takes third. So that puts me in the lead of our player of the week through two weeks with three points. Mark is in second at two. Dives is in third at one. So that was last week's player of the weeks. We're going to make predictions again, but before we get to that, We're going to hop into our Eagles prospect profiles. We're going to each give you guys somebody you can keep an eye on this week. So let's talk Eagles targets of the week. (laughs) 
we're going to get into it right here. No spoilers there on the screen. Uh, Dives, give us your Eagles prospect of the week this week. Yeah, you look at the Eagles' needs. You know, you look at Lane Johnson when he's not on the field. We all know the history there. The struggles are real. I'm going J.C. Latham, offensive tackle, out of Alabama. Uh, you know, you look at last year's draft, there were some good ones in terms of right tackles. Darnell, Darnell Wright, Dewan Jones, you, you heard all three of us rave about those guys. J.C. Latham is right in that mix. Uh, he was a top three recruit in the 2021 class. Uh, six foot six, 335 pounds, elite pass protector. Um, interestingly, I, I thought he was moving over to left tackle in 2023, but he's sticking at uh, right tackle here uh, in 2020, uh, 2023. But um, this is a guy who allowed only one hit and did not give up a single sack last season on, on 486 pass blocking snaps. He's a former basketball player. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of develops this year under Tommy Reese, a new offensive coordinator. Um, he came into the season huge, man. He's even bigger than 335 pounds now. The dude is now 360 pounds, but looks good. Uh, so J.C. Latham uh, is a guy that I have projected in the top 20 of the draft. The Eagles currently have, you know, three picks uh, in the first two rounds as it stands. Could they move up maybe just a little bit? Or maybe this guy falls in their laps? I don't know. Uh, but uh, I think Howie has always got his, you know, eye on the prize two, three years from now. And Latham is absolutely on the Eagles radar. Yeah, and if you guys are watching, one of the biggest games of the week, and we'll get to it uh, here in a minute, but the game of the week's got to be Texas at Alabama. And so if you're watching that game, keep an eye on Latham uh, on the right side of that Alabama offensive line. Uh, Mark? think you've got a player of the week for us from or an Eagles prospect of the week for us from that same game. So I'll let you take the floor here. Spill the beans. Who are you watching on Saturday? Breaking news. Alabama has multiple draft prospects <laughs> on their team. Uh, I can't believe it personally. Uh, you know, it's a shocker. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball and I'm going to go to cornerback. And I'm going to go to a guy who's on the all name team of all time in Kool-Aid McKinstry. The guy, I mean, that's just, that's a plus name right there. Uh, and if you look at the pedigree, it's a plus pedigree there for Kool-Aid McKinstry as well. He was a four-star recruit by ESPN, top 40 recruit from ESPN. He was a five-star recruit by 24-7 Sports, um, and he played right away as a freshman. I mean, you've got to be pretty talented to get on the field as a freshman, especially as a DB at Alabama under Nick Saban. Nick, he, Nick Saban's not just trotting out dudes to play corner um, who don't know his system and who can't play and can't learn fast. So I think that's a positive on McKinstry really, really fast. I mean, the dude is just blazing fast, 6'1", pretty good length, um, and hasn't shown a ton of ball skills. Um, but the two picks that he does have have both been really impressive. One was like a perfectly red slant and one was a perfectly, you know, executed jump ball when he went up and got it. Um, played full-time as a freshman, and like I said, and but really why, why McKinstry is an NFL draft prospect is how good he was as a sophomore in 2022. He had, like I said, a pick, but he had 13 pass breakups and a QB rating when targeted of 59. So he's going to get tested this week against Texas, Xavier Worthy, and that passing game with Quinn Ewers. 
there's going to, they're going to throw 50 times. I mean, I, I don't think that's outrageous to say Texas is going to throw 50 plus times. He's going to get tested. You're going to see a lot of Kool-Aid McKinstry this week. That's why I picked him. All right. Dives, anything you want to add on him? No, I think Mark nailed it. Um, you know, this is a guy who didn't allow a single reception of 30 plus yards or more last year. Gave up only two grabs of 20, 20 yards or more in 2022. Great size, good length, ball hawk, all that. Uh, just like Mark says, guy, he, this is an outside corner. The majority of his snaps were on the outside last season. Plays a ton of press coverage. Um, and I think it's really interesting to note, uh, just as a little appetizer before we get into Bama versus Texas. Some of his worst tape was against Texas in 2022. So can he kind of have that redemption game? We're going to talk about it. All right. Uh, so I'm going to go away from the Alabama game and away from the Crimson Tide. And I'm going to go to a guy that I watched play on Saturday. Uh, it is offensive tackle Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma. Now, I, do I have an Oklahoma bias in my evaluations? <laughs> I don't think so. But I always, I always shout out my guys that are day two, day three guys from Oklahoma. I'm not here to tell you this guy's going to be a first-round prospect. I do think he has that upside, and we'll see how the season develops. But he was a three-star recruit uh, who originally committed to TCU, later transferred to OU. Uh, he is 6'6", 306 pounds, played 400 snaps last year for OU. 50 of them at left tackle, all the rest 350 at right tackle. And he only surrendered four pressures and two sacks while playing right tackle last season. So you talk about Lane Johnson and what he does for the offense and as he ages out and you look at Tyler Guyton and he's got really good agility. He's got good speed. He's got really good range as a puller in the running game. And OU likes to run the, the counter and the power stuff where they pull offensive tackles. He's just got high end physical traits the speed, the length, the balance, it's all there. He just needs refinement. Uh, he had some good reps against Jared Verse last year in the Cheez-It Bowl, in the bowl game. And Jared Verse would have been probably a top 10 pick if he declared. Uh, it was probably Guyton's most impressive game of the year. Even though he surrendered a sack, uh, he posted a 97.2 uh, blocking efficiency grade. So he had a great game against Verse. Uh, his weaknesses... Right now, he tends to allow rushers across his face into the B-gap in the run game. Uh, if he's not like pulling out on the edge, he can get guys can get across his face. Uh, he needs a lot of technical refinement in his pass sets. And who do you trust more to develop guys like that than the Eagles' very own Jeff Stoutland? So as of right now, I would say that Guyton is like a late day two pick. But again, there's so much up in the air for these guys as we don't. He's got 400 pass or he's got 400 snaps to his name in in the at the collegiate level. So we'll see how he develops. I do think he's got that first round upside, and it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up there. Yeah, like you said, I think this guy is definitely a first round talent. Uh, he's kind of in that same mold of like a Marius Mims, uh, that you know, a guy that kind of definitely following a successful 2023 season, vault up the draft boards. Uh, but a guy that I would love to see kind of fall into Jeff Stoutland's lap in that day two area, man. That would be like the tools of Mims and Guyton are just outrageous. Real real quick before we move on to the next thing, I, I wanted I meant to mention this earlier, and I meant to say this when we talked about last week. Um, but we talked about Florida State LSU, and we talked about Jared Verse a lot. And Jared Verse, you mentioned him, Shane. He was an absolute beast in that game. 
Um, so I wanted to give Jared Verse a shout out. I also just wanted to give a quick shout out Johnny Wilson, six seven receiver. Whew. <laughs> he was interesting in that game. I mean, that's I, I mean, can I also right shout there. out my like top breakout star in Keon Coleman? He was the star of that game. Three he touchdowns, was. over a hundred yards. Uh the 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 contested catch ability of the Florida State receivers <laughs> might be one of the best of all time. Six four, six seven. They they cannot be stopped. It's gonna be really fun to watch. And it's a perfect combo with Travis being able to improv in the pocket. Yeah. And guys are going to get loose, and you can throw it up to them. It, it's going to it, – they're, they're a legitimate sh- uh, championship contender. And then you have a Jaheim Bell who can kind of be a gadget guy, you know, uh, running back, tight end, put him in the slot, wherever you want. He's just a lightning in a bottle. That Florida State offense, like we talked about last week, uh, that was lesson number one for this show. I'm all the way in. Me too. All right. So those are some guys you can keep an eye on this weekend if you're watching college football, some guys that could be interesting targets for the Eagles on day one and two next season. So uh, let's turn the page now. Let's do our player of the week predictions in this week's player of the week segment. All right, player of the week segment. Dives, you're in last place. We're going to give you the first call out here. Who is your player of the week prediction? Of course. Uh, I'm going to go Xavier Worthy. Uh, This is a guy that I'm just waiting to see, uh, waiting to watch him break out in 2023, man. His numbers in 2022 weren't as good as they were in 2021. Uh, His average depth of target was night and day different, man. Uh, You saw kind of Texas utilize this guy as more of a downfield threat uh last year compared to the year prior whereas this guy is one of the most you know elite weapons after the catch um you look at his numbers uh as a true freshman 526 yards after the catch that was the 10th most in the power five at his position uh i want to kind of see what this guy's got in that area i want i want to see quinn ewers get the ball to xavier worthy and get him in space uh you know if um you know, the good news is Xavier Worthy has seven receptions for 90 yards in a week one decisive victory over Rice. Uh, 12.9 re- yards per reception is, is pretty good. But you also look at the negative side. Quinn Ewers also had four throws of 20 yards or more, uh, and they all missed in week one, uh, missing on all four. And two of those went to Worthy, and they were all underthrown. So I, I think the point is that Quinn Ewers had a really strong day. But the chemistry between Xavier Worthy and Quinn Ewers is still a work in progress. Uh, and, you know, I think that is the difference. You know, Xavier Worthy, the, the chemistry between Quinn Ewers and Worthy goes as Texas goes and vice versa. So I want to see Xavier Worthy take that next step and become a first-round talent because I think he does have that upside. Uh, so Xavier Worthy is my, my player of the week prediction. Um, it's a tough matchup with Alabama. I expect. Like Mark said, that Quinn Ewers will be throwing the ball a ton. Uh, so I think a fair bulk of the targets will go to Xavier Worthy. He's my he's my player to watch. Mark, yeah, my, you have something to throw in there? Yeah, my player of the week isn't in Alabama, Texas. Um, but my I, I've kind of 
went back and forth on Texas all offseason. Um, and it's always a big argument in college football circles. Is Texas back? Are they going to be back? And, you know, obviously this is a huge game to, to that question. And obviously you don't just have to win. They're a seven-point underdog um, at Alabama. It's not easy to win. But you have to go in there and show as impressive as a showing as they did while Ewers was healthy in the game they played against Alabama last year. Um, I have questions. People are saying this is the year Texas takes the next step to be a full-on title contender and to be fully back. They lost B. John Robinson. And I know like this isn't you know 1995 running back isn't the end all be all, but am I supposed to believe that Texas is supposed to, you know, replace a generational player like Bijan like that, just in, in that quickly. I know they have good recruits and I know that they have a lot of talent and, you know, they had worthy and Ewers last year though, with Bijan, like you, you need a lot of improvement and that's not impossible. Ewers is so young. He's probably like 20 years old. So he obviously can be a lot better than he was last season, but I have questions. People are just assuming Texas is going to take that next step. I think Alabama wins this game. Um, I I lean towards taking the seven points. I don't love it. It's a lot of points. Um, Texas does have a good offense, uh, but they lost a lot of talent. And not just Bijan. They lost Roshan as well. They lost some other talent on the defense. So I I just – I'm scared of Texas and people kind of falling for the same old Texas tricks that I know Shane Happ is familiar with there uh, in Oklahoma. (laughs) Horns down. I'll we can do that down. without getting flagged on the podcast. So, God, do you, are you willing to horns down? Are you or no? Sure, why not? Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't care. <laughs> I need to wear my OU hats on these podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360 degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, so Mark, uh, who is your player of the week prediction? You're, you said you're going outside of Alabama, Texas. Who are you going with? Yeah, it, it's almost it, it's almost a little bit of uh, looking back to last week instead of looking forward to this week. Although I will say Colorado does have a big game this week against Nebraska, but I'm going with the story of week one, and I'm going with Travis Hunter. Um, let me frame it like this. Deion Sanders is like an American icon. Like I, I asked my mom if she knew who Deion Sanders was. She did. That's how like well-known Deion Sanders is. Deion Sanders' son plays quarterback on Colorado, and he threw for like 520 yards. 
and he was the star from the game. He wasn't the takeaway. It was Travis Hunter. That's how impressive Travis Hunter was, playing both ways, playing receiver, playing corner. And, and you know, he's kind of football Otani in a way that we haven't seen recently in college football. And for Shane, I know he's not a baseball fan. Shohei Otani, the player who plays pitches and he hits. I know, I know who he is. I know who he is. I, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I don't know if I have to. I don't live under a rock. I just don't. <laughs> follow baseball like i do football but yeah he if he's people are already saying like is it possible he could play both ways in the nfl he no. looked that good though i'm not saying he would do it full time by the way he played i think they said 122 snaps yeah. last yeah. week he didn't really sit at all he deon sanders played receiver in 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 the nfl and he wasn't that good at it but he said it like when he was talking about it, he's like they used me for packages they used me for gadgets like Travis Hunter was their wide receiver one in that game on a power five team. He was also the cornerback one. Um, it's He was insane in that game. 12 catches, over 100 yards. Uh, he had an interception that was incredibly impressive. And, uh, you know, there's some people using him to be like, oh, we need to pay more attention to historically black colleges and universities. And I, I don't know if he's the right example. So a right example of that is James Houston, the pass rusher for Detroit who really is, had popped last year after being a 6th and 7th rounder. Travis Hunter was a top-five recruit in the country that Deion Sanders got to go to Jackson State and then flipped him to Colorado. This guy's a special talent. People are already saying he could be the number one pick in 2025. Um, I, I was blown away by what I saw by him on both sides, as a corner and as a receiver. But he obviously projects as a corner. And who else, who, who else could he learn more under then Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, the you know the, the greatest corner of all time. Um, so yeah, I, I Travis Hunter. The only problem with Travis Hunter, watch him now while you can, because I think people are going to stop throwing his way. The, the, he's not. People are not going to throw that side of the field. Colorado, there's no way the other side of the field is that good. The rest of that defense looked terrible. People are going to stop throwing at him at all. Um, so you're going to have to watch him on offense because I, I don't think there's going to be much to watch on defense. They'll throw at him on offense. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Did have you? I know you follow a lot of the gambling stuff. Did you track the line movement on the Colorado Nebraska game? Yeah, yeah. Where did it? I know it's at like three now. I know Colorado three. They they were an underdog. How how big was the swing? It was. They were getting eight and a half points, and then Ooh. after they beat TCU, it swung to like they're giving two and a half or three, depending on yeah. where you look. Like that's insane. It's that's like an eleven and a half point point swing. That's insane. Yeah, no, you don't see that very often. It, it scares me away from betting it, to be honest. Uh, that, that's a game that I wouldn't touch uh, with yeah. a 10-foot bowl, to be quite honest. But I'm I'm rooting for Dion. And it's honestly, I was shocked. Like, the reaction to that game feels like the country was rooting for Dion. I was shocked how, like, a buzz Twitter was. Casual fans, like my buddies who don't really watch college, like Philadelphia sports fans, not a lot of them have college football teams. There's a lot of people around here who didn't go to, you know, colleges with college football teams and people were locked into Colorado TCU. Like that's how big of a deal Dion was in week one. It'll be really, really interesting to see if they can kind of keep it going forward. But Travis Hunter, no doubt about it is the real deal. And he's legit. And I think Shador Sanders might be pretty legit as well. I just, it just, that game just opened the door for Shador Sanders as QB three in this draft. I think it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, QB three is the real question. And 
Uh, Shadur Sanders looked absolutely terrific inside the pocket, outside of the pocket, the poise, the confidence, throwing on the move, the mechanics, the footwork. It looked great. It looked all great. And let's not forget that Coach Prime also introduced us to a, a, a freshman running back named Dylan Edwards that blew the door open as well. Three touchdowns. Um, I was not ready to buy into the hype of Colorado, but holy cow. Uh, as a Temple fan, I'm just uber jealous. That, that program is on the rise. It is legit. All right. Well, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, my player of the game or player of the week prediction, I got to stop saying player of the game, is a quarterback. It's not that quarterback, though. I'm going to go with Bo Nix, the quarterback out of Oregon. Uh, he had a really good year last year. His first three years, he was at Auburn. He had a 69.7% adjusted completion percentage, which was outside the top 100 among quarterbacks. Last year, he had an adjusted completion percentage of 82.3%, which was second in the nation. Uh, he threw for 3,384 yards and 27 touchdowns last year, while also rushing for 14 touchdowns. Uh, and by the way, they play Texas Tech this week, who allowed over 250 yards passing per game last season. Oh, and by the way, they already lost to Wyoming this year. So uh, I think Bo Nix could be primed to have a really big game against Texas Tech, a team that historically does not play defense. I mean, this is a team whose defense is so bad, they couldn't win eight games with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback in college. So the defense is bad. Bo Nix, I think, might be good. He's my player of the week prediction. <laughs> he was going to be mine, and he's probably the best pick because I think he'll put up the best numbers. I felt like I had to talk about Travis Hunter. Um, but Bo Bo Nix is a great pick. And I, by the way, I know he's, I, I have the lock of the week segment coming and I've already given out Alabama minus seven. I like Oregon minus seven or wherever the number is at there as well. Yeah. yeah Bo, Bo, Bo Nix is right in that mix for QB three. It's like Bo Nix, Michael Panix Jr. Uh, and Shador Sanders. You could probably throw in JJ McCarthy if it all clicks uh, this season. I don't know. Mark is not a fan, uh, but uh, I think Bo Nix is a guy that I need to see more of, uh, to be honest. I haven't watched a lot of uh, Bo Nix football, but as a dual threat guy, I, the, the dude's going to put up crazy stats, crazy stats. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Mark, you mentioned it. What is – we're going to go to your lock of the week, and then we'll get into our game of the week briefly. What's your lock of the week this week? My lock of the week uh, is actually going to be a weird game. It's Cal versus Auburn, two teams that don't play very often. Auburn doesn't go out to California very often to play in Berkeley. Um, and I don't think either of these teams are very good. Both of these teams put up a lot of numbers in week one against bad teams. But give me Cal plus seven against Auburn. And the reason is their head coach, Justin Wilcox, doesn't win a lot of games necessarily. The dude covers spreads as an underdog. It's unbelievable. He's 26 and 10 against the spread as an underdog with 13 outright wins. They're 10 and four as a home underdog with eight outright wins in those 14 games. So give me Cal plus seven against Auburn. And I like them to, uh, I like them to win the game. All right. And that brings us to our game of the week breakdown. Last week, we told you the game of the week was Florida State LSU. And for the first half, it was. Then it kind of fell apart. But we've got another good one this weekend as number 11 Texas travels to Alabama. We mentioned it earlier. Plays number four Alabama. This is on Saturday night at 7 o'clock. 
As Mark mentioned earlier, Alabama is favored in this matchup by seven. Dibes, what are you watching for in this game? Uh, we already kind of touched on it. Uh, you look at kind of Alabama's secondary that was seen as kind of a position of strength. Uh, we already touched on Kool-Aid McKinstry, but you look at kind of the injury uh, you know, list right now. They've got two guys that are possibly going to be out in this one. Uh, safeties, Jalen Key and Malachi Moore both left the game uh, in week one. That's a big thing to watch, especially with guys like Xavier Worthy and guys like Adonai Mitchell and JT Sanders, guys that can really punish a secondary. So there's things to watch. I mean, obviously this game is truly about finding out who the heck quarterback Jalen Milrow is for the Crimson Tide. Uh, that's a really big thing to watch. Uh, this guy had nearly 200 yards passing, three touchdowns uh, through the air, two on the ground. Uh, there was a throw that Milrow made. Uh, it was like a 60-yard bomb. Like, looked great. Uh, looked great in week one. So we'll see if it's for real. But I, I think this game will be one on the lines, as these games usually are. Keep an eye on uh, edge rusher Ethan Burke, uh, sophomore that really dominated uh, for Texas in week one, one and a half sacks, one and a half tackles for loss. But the guy I'm watching also is Baron Sorrell uh, for Texas. He's a six foot four junior. Uh, he was in my top edge rusher rankings. Didn't do a lot against Rice in week one, but uh, this is a guy that, you know, if, if Texas wants any kind of chance to take down Alabama, it's got to be Ethan Burke and it's got to be Baron Sorrell kind of putting pressure on a, a, a kind of a new quarterback there. Uh, Texas defense was really good, though. You know, week one, they only allowed 176 yards of offense. Uh, and we didn't even get to Dallas Turner, who is one of the best edge rusher linebackers in this entire 2024 draft. Turner has really nice versatility, uh, kind of like he's not as strong. He's not as powerful as a Will Anderson, but that he's kind of got that same unique mold. Um, he's kind of got a positionless element to his game. He can attack the quarterback. Uh, he played all 13 games last year. Um, I think Dallas Turner, if everything clicks, definitely has, you know, top 20 potential. Uh, so those are some names to watch. All right, Mark, what are you watching for? How's this game going to shake out on Saturday? Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I realized that I blew this earlier by getting to my preview early. When you, we did. you did. You, you kind of like, I was like, hey, Mark, who's your player of the game? And you're like, let me talk oh, about man. this other game that I don't have a player of the week from this game, but let me spill all my stuff. <laughs> I, I jumped the, I totally jumped the gun there. That's a bad job by me. Um, but uh, like I said, I, I like Alabama in this game. And Dodd stole what I was going to say. I'm watching for Dallas Turner. I mean, that guy, he looks like he's going to be a top five to ten pick. And he said he might not be as strong as Will Anderson. I don't know. Like he has a lot of Will Anderson in him. Um, I feel like the, I feel like what Will Anderson had that set him apart was such a crazy motor. Like it felt like Will Anderson just never stopped during the play. Um, and I, I feel like I haven't necessarily seen that jump off the screen from, from Turner as much. Um, but I, I expect Bama's going to do a lot of smoke and mirrors with Milrow. Like, I think you're going to see a lot of running from him, a lot of RPOs, a lot of just, you know, runs in general. Um, and I think I don't think Texas defense is going to be good enough to make them go outside of that. Um, so I I think Alabama will do enough uh, in terms of being able to run the football. Also, yeah. keep an eye out on um, Deontay Lawson, a linebacker out of Alabama. Dude was everywhere in Week One. Uh, probably one of the best linebackers you've never heard of, Deontay Lawson. Keep an eye out for that guy. How often does the team lose like 
their starting quarterback who, oh, by the way, is the number one overall pick, and they're still ranked number four in the country. Like, <laughs> that's just a testament to Alabama. And then you take into account that, oh, yeah, they didn't just lose their number one overall quarterback. They also lost an edge rusher in Will Anderson, who a lot of people called generational, and he went number three overall. And, oh, by the way, they also lost an offensive skill player that also went top 12. And, you know, he was overdrafted and all of that, but – like to lose what they lost and still be number four team in the country to be favored by a touchdown over another team that's ranked number 11. It's just a testament to Alabama and the, honestly, the dynasty that's just there. You could say the same thing about Georgia. They lost a, one of their top players and Bear Alexander, one of the top recruits in the country. He went to USC this offseason. They didn't, they don't skip a beat. <laughs> They're still right there. That's, that's the nature of being. Alabama of being Georgia, man. They just pump these guys through, and it's just incredible. I thought you were going to say that Georgia lost half their team to the Eagles. <laughs> the way that I previewed the game made it sound like, oh, I think Alabama is just going to roll back to the national championship. I actually don't. I didn't have them in my playoff when, when I picked my playoff. I have serious questions about Alabama, but – I have more questions about Texas. That, that's kind of where I'm at. Like I, I've seen it more from Alabama than I've seen it from Texas. I think it starts with Quinn Ewers. I'm I'm just I, I, I'm waiting for him to make me a believer. That's really where it is. Is like the hype. He's one of the most hyped quarterback recruits of all time, and he's got a really good one sitting right behind him, just waiting in the wings. But I, I just haven't seen it yet. There are flashes, you know. But I don't know. I don't know yet. And until he starts to show me something, Texas will always be like in that like second, third tier. I agree. All right. Well, that is going to about wrap it up for this week two college football uh, preview here on the BGN Draft Show. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed the show, be sure you hit that subscribe button so you get every single show on the BGN feed. Live post-game shows will be back this weekend. The EPA podcast, BGN Radio, all the shows will be hitting your feed this week to get you ready for week one NFL. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter. I'm at Shane Half NFL. Dibes is at Mr. Crockpot. Mark is at Mark Henry Jr. We will catch you guys next week for another episode of the BGN Draft Show.